Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we get a chance to sit down and have a conversation with Pastor Zellner and learn how God's Word applies to our lives. Welcome back to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church. I'm your host, Will Leitner, and I'm sitting with my friend and pastor, Eric Zellner. How are you doing today? I'm good. Will, how are you? I'm great. We are cruising along our questions and answers series, and today we have a question that is inevitable in every college town. <laughs> is underage drinking a sin? Uh, yes. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you have it. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. So is underage drinking a sin? Um, it is. Um, it is. And um, I think that the underage part is the, the, the part that I'm answering so definitively. Uh, the, is drinking a sin? Uh, I think the, the overwhelming scriptural answer to that question is uh, no, not in moderation. It is like so many other of the gifts that have been given to us by God um, used in its proper context. Uh, alcohol is a, is a treasured gift given to God's people. The Proverbs speak of, of alcohol being uh, th- one of the things that brings uh, light and joy to the heart uh, and, and laughter and fun. And so, it, you know, in, in that way, we see it spoken of well. I don't, I don't buy the, um, the kind of reckless arguments that say Jesus turned water into really nice Welch's grape juice uh, or anything like that. Those kind of <laughs> arguments just don't. Hold water um, or wine, for that matter. Um, but but it's <laughs> bad joke. Um, I'll be here all week performing one show nightly. Um, but will you know the question? I, I get that question commonly, and I'm sure you you do and have as an intern at the church. Uh, the heart of the answer goes um, is multifaceted. Uh, you can you can go to Romans chapter thirteen, uh, where it speaks of our uh, charge as believers to submit to the governing authorities that are over us, uh, and that charge has to do with our reputation among outsiders, um, and that that reputation among outsiders matters. Um, and so, Christians are meant to be seen as those who um, believe that God's the King, and He puts uh, sub rulers underneath His reign. And so, when when uh, civil laws require that a person be uh, 21 to drink, then that that pretty much um, makes it clear on what the uh, what our call is as believers. So um, the other part of that too, I think, is uh, something that you and I mentioned offline, and that that's related to chapter 14. And I, I, in Romans 14, um, a big part of what's being said, this is totally consistent with other things that Paul says in First Corinthians as well. But but how you are seen and uh, known by other believers matters, and so maybe you could speak to that, having been more recently in college than I have. Uh, well, it, just going off of chapter fourteen, the whole idea is that Paul is talking about um, a matter in the church about I believe it's eating idols that have been sacrificed, uh, or I'm sorry, eating uh, food that's food been sacrificed, sacrificed to idols. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not eating idols. Mm. Um, sounds like a you can bad. do those too. They're very painful. <laughs> and he's essentially saying that you're free to do it, um, but if it causes your brother or sister to stumble, then then you shouldn't do it at all. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've noticed um, about Christians that, in especially uh, especially college students that are of age, um, that they don't seem to think about this principle much when it comes to their um, to their drinking. And so I think one thing we have to affirm is that when we do engage in the gifts that God has given us in moderation and in uh, the age that the civil authorities have defined, there's another piece of this puzzle, which is who we're around and mm-hmm. our Christian witness and the aroma of Christ that we're giving to people. And I'm sure you feel this just being in ministry, you know, you don't want to ever be in a place where someone says, oh, the pastor's drinking, mm-hmm. so then mm-hmm. that means I have, you know, full endorsement tonight to to drink as much as I can. And sure. so I think as Christians, we always want to be um, conscious uh, of who we're around. If there are brothers and sisters around us that have particularly weak consciences when it comes to alcohol, and we want to cater to those needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's really useful to be watchful uh, because the heart of those commands is rooted in, in loving one another and caring about the needs of other people. Uh, you won't you won't ever enjoy a gin and tonic as much as a at a twenty uh, excuse me as a twenty one year old, um, if you know that it's causing a seventeen year old to think that it's fine for him also to to drink alcohol. Um, that creates it it, it takes something uh, pleasant and wonderful away from the enjoyment of that, and and what what it takes away is the fact that you're actually potentially hurting someone else. Right. Um, I'm. I'm drawn to and, and reminded also of Ephesians 5.18, which says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, so sometimes people will ask this you know, in a slightly further direction. Well, okay, I don't drink wine. I do, I do smoke pot uh, in states where it's legal or something like that. And, uh, and so what I would say with that, in addition to this, the, the heart of this is answered in, in this particular passage. The do not get drunk with wine idea uh, is not, hey, do not consume wine or do not consume strong drink. It is do not let it become uh, past the line to where you're no longer sober, but you're drunk. And he says, for that is debauchery. And that's a word we we don't exactly uh, use very often. Debauchery has to do with the degrading of humanity, the the loss of control in such a way that that we don't actually control our faculties. And so his root connection here is you don't get drunk with wine because it leads to the loss of the control of your members. And then if you wonder what he means by that, he contra- he contrasts that with instead be filled with the Spirit. Right? So so we're not to be filled or consumed by something that causes us to lose control of our faculties, our mind, our hearts, uh, our members. Uh, he is connecting that to the to the the filling of the spirit, which is the one spirit that is to be controlling God's people. So um, here's what I here's what I would say. I remember my RUF campus minister probably uh, 28 years ago saying, "I really wish there were more uh, of age believers in Auburn." who were drinking alcohol responsibly. And, you know, I think what he meant is I'd love to see more 21 and 22-year-olds drinking alcohol in a responsible way um, so that it could help people uh, who who generally thinks 
drinking alcohol is a sin, help them see it done in a proper way or a way that honors the Lord, a way that enjoys the good gift of the Lord. So as we enjoy eating steaks or um, may enjoy a a nice dessert, it is uh, fine to enjoy alcohol. But since the civil government that's over us says you have to be 21 to be able to do that, then it would naturally be a sinful behavior to defy the civil government in that way. Uh, more than that, I mean, you know, somebody who professes faith in Christ and, and is routinely uh, drinking and drunk uh, not only risks arrest, but it risks everything that we just talked about in chapter 13 of Romans and chapter 14 of Romans. Number one, I'm defying the civil authorities while I claim the name of Christ. And then number two, there will be others who know um, and, and other Christians of weak conscience who are really uh, struck and hurt by, by that. I think one thing, too, I've noticed when this question is asked is it's always sort of like, what's the lowest bar of commitment I can be <laughs> as a Christian? Um, yeah, like a is, good question. Is it okay if I can just sin doing this thing? Um, and I think we want to be able to say is that the call of the Christian is to be holy. Mm-hmm. And um, when we kind of get rid of this sort of negative mindset as in what can I not do and we sort of Mm -hmm. think about it positively about what should we do and we realize that what we should do is pursue holiness Mm -hmm. I think it really starts to answer the question yeah and in that in that way uh, a part of what you're saying is who's the audience of my life you know Uh, there's a we are being saved out of a uh, our old man is enslaved to the sin of selfishness. I mean, we're enslaved to self-consumption. And so when, when Christ redeems us out of that, um, God becomes the audience of our, of our lives. And so uh, the posture – and, you know, here's this is where it can be so beautifully rich. Um, the posture of my life directed toward the Lord means that I can actually enjoy many wonderful, great things that God's given in a much more rich and full way than I would otherwise. Um, and then, and then I just frame them in the context of what he has allowed. Um, so, for instance, um, the sexual relationship that God's given between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, in the bounds of marriage um, is a beautiful gift given to us by God. Uh, taken outside the context of that marriage, it, it is uh, destructive and hurtful, uh, comes with great emotional uh, scars, and um, can be catastrophic to people. The same would be true with alcohol. Uh, used outside the context in which God has designed it, it can be really destructive um, and hurtful. But if God is the audience of our lives, he's the direction for which we live, um, then it changes everything. So I can enjoy, at, you know, at 48 years old, I can enjoy a, a, a nice red wine sitting on my back porch. Um, I can enjoy a cold beer after some yard work on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, or just relaxing on my back porch in the evening. I can I can do that um, because I'm 48 years old. If I was you know if I was 20 and I was like oh man there's still five months before I turn 21, uh, the answer is really quite it's simple. Um, though we don't like that answer at some points, uh, I'm sure there's uh, believers who don't like that. That is the answer, and uh, and it would be helpful for us not to be so self consumed with oh goodness five more months before I can. <laughs> I can do this. Mm-hmm. And and I will say this, uh, you know, as far as alcohol goes, it's it's not like you're suddenly entering into a field of the most vast and enjoyable uh, <laughs> life that you've never been able to possibly experience. And suddenly you're entering into a field of great joy that right. somehow has been deprived of you. It's just, you know, it's, it's like coming to enjoy coffee uh, or tea. It's just another uh, drink. And so in that sense, I, it's literally for those who are underage, I would just say, I mean, it's 
it's not like your life will be radically radically changed. Um, it if you take it in its proper context, it's like oh, that's a pleasant blessing. But it's that's really all it is. Right. Those are great insights, and uh, thank you so much for answering our question, Pastor Sonner. Sure. Thanks for the question. And we will see you guys for our next uh, question in our questions and answer series. And we appreciate you so much for listening to our podcast. Goodbye.